Hello and welcome to Mortgage Insider from Barclays, the podcast series for mortgage brokers. I'm Phil Spencer. You may know me from a certain TV property programme. What you might not know is that I trained as a surveyor and launched and ran one of the UK's first ever property search companies. In this series, I'll be using my experience to get to the heart of the biggest issues in mortgage broking. You'll hear from industry leaders, brokers, as well as Barclays' own in-house experts. We'll share insight and expertise to help you navigate the challenges, the changes and the opportunities that lie ahead for intermediaries in 2023. Since the 2008 financial crisis and up until last year, interest rates in the UK have been at record lows. Then in 2020, well, (laughs) along came a pandemic, prompting the introduction of a stamp duty holiday. During this time, property prices have continued to rise, with the average UK house price now at around £300,000, and that is according to recent ONS data. But in the past year, things have started to change. Interest rates have been going up, as has inflation, limiting household spending. And the housing market is showing signs of slowing down. So, how has the role of the broker changed during all this time? Well, to find out, I spoke to Charlotte Bates, who's the co-founder and director of Bates Wilcox Mortgage Solutions, and Andrew Montlake, otherwise known as Monty. Andrew is the Managing Director of Corico Mortgage Brokers and indeed Chairman of the Association of Mortgage Intermediaries. Great to meet you both. Thank you for coming in. Can I call you Monty? Is of course that, you Everybody can. calls yes. you Monty. Call me Monty. <laughs> then we, then yeah. we can be We're amongst friends. friends. <laughs> so um, we've, ha- we've had really super low interest rates and we've had house price growth. So the last 14 years odd have, have been... Have been Pretty good news for, for everybody involved in the housing market. But I, I imagine during that time, there's also been some big changes for you guys in your broking businesses as to actually how you've had to conduct things. Mm-hmm. Would, that, would that be right? Yeah, mm. absolutely. I mean, if I go back to uh, sort of 2008 when I started in the mortgage world, um, I mean, a typical day w- for me would be you're in the office at 8.30, you would then go out and sit in a client's house at 7 o'clock in the evening. There was always this sort of perception that your mortgage broker, financial advisor, mm. would come and sit in your house. You'd get the, go home from work, get the kids in bed, and then we would sit down and we would go through their mortgage. So it was all face-to-face? It was all face-to-face. Everything yeah. I did was face-to-face. I used to turn up at my client's house with my paper fact find and my pen at the ready. I used to say to the client, if they hadn't already got their documents out, that I'd ask them to get ready for the meeting, can you just go upstairs and find your pay slips? And they used to come down with their paper pay slips, reams of bank statements, original passports. Um, and I used to take them away. I used to take them back to the office, scan them in the next day. Um, and that's the way we worked. And that was normal. And we did that for years and years and years. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, everything is a lot more remote. Um, I can't tell you the last time I had an original payslip I don't know if companies even do those nowadays um, I think they're all sort of emailed through or downloaded from 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 an in, uh, uh, an internal portal so what I would say is in terms of the way that people receive advice has changed um, I've never kind of bought into the whole concept of robo advice as such I think for what, what, sorry you'll have to what's robo advice so <laughs> getting financial advice without actually speaking to a human um, so i.e. Okay. going online yes. and I suppose almost more of a um, if you like I take it upon myself this is the mortgage I'm going to take reading online um, and getting advice 
almost from the computer. Um, I never thought that concept would kind of take hold. Um, and for me, a mortgage is the biggest ever debt you'll have on the biggest ever asset you own. And I think people still like to have somebody accountable. They still like to be able to pick up the phone, not necessarily see you face to face anymore. I think that's where I've seen the biggest shift is rather than people wanting to see you face to face, it hasn't gone to the full extreme of robo advice, but it's gone to telephone calls, Zoom, Teams calls. So everything we're doing now is either over the phone or via video call. So for me, I would say the biggest change is the way that people get advice in terms of it's now remote as opposed to in person and in terms of the process we're now a completely paperless office everything we do is is remote Uh, we have an online portal that the clients actually complete the majority of their initial fact find themselves and then they upload drag and drop their documents into that portal that's a massive change since 2008 so so it's not the it's not the advice that you give it's the way that you give it absolutely so the advice is still the, the advice that we give is still pretty yes. similar depending on market conditions yes but I, um, monty how about you because I, I mean the market's changed so much yeah I, when i started i was still using quill and ink sending messages by pigeon um yeah i mean it's i, I agree with that actually that the methodology and how you do the job has changed but the job itself hasn't at all in any way which is is really interesting that the basic premise of seeing clients giving advice taking them through the process holding their hand that hasn't changed the broker's job is still the same as i was doing 25 years ago Um, but actually the way we conduct that Mm. has changed and technology has come in to make it a little bit easier to do to do that actual job do, do, do you think it, it what the, do you think those changes have been brought on by the pandemic or were they happening anyway and i would say it's advanced since yeah, the pandemic yeah, i mean yeah. financial the financial services world i feel has always been very behind in terms of technology and i still think we've got a long way to go but i think actually what covid did for us is because of the fact that everything had to be done remote we couldn't do anything yes. in person is it actually made the banks have to adapt really quickly yes. um So I actually think the pandemic has done us a favour in terms of advancing the technology, which ultimately, it speeds up the process. It was coming. It was coming. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, we we were were quite outspoken, very early adopters of stuff like um, uh, all of that kind of stuff and doing things virtually and uh, using social media, all of this kind of stuff, and actually Mm. talking to lenders around how they do their valuations, how they do the legal process. And there were loads of excuses why it couldn't be done for this reason or that reason. And then the pandemic comes along and all of a sudden, lenders just changed, bang, like that. And (laughs) and it shows what you can do with a bit of will or a bit of necessity. And and the world has changed. And and that part, at least, has changed for the better. Sure. I I remember reading somewhere that um, actually the pandemic had brought technology on about five years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, the... The technology was there, it just wasn't being used. So, and and that's what's interesting. It's it's made both of your businesses and and the businesses of brokers across the country much more efficient in terms of the time. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No longer are we spending probably three hours a day driving to and from client appointments, Um, you know, which actually means that, first of all, we can better service our clients because we are in the office more. We're, you know, more readily accessible as opposed to, you know, sat in the car for for an hour, hour, two hours at a time. 
it's it's much more time efficient. Also, I think as well for, for clients, it's better for them because no longer do they have to say, oh, I need to commit to seeing you at seven o'clock in the evening because if I'm in the office, I can't have a discussion. I can't tell you what I'm earning. I can't tell you what debts I've got. Okay. So all of those kind of personal yeah. conversations, whereas now, again, the kind of shift is with people working from home, they can you know set that time aside at lunchtime to have yeah. those conversations with you. What about developing a relationship with the new client? Do you find that harder um, over I, Zoom and what have you? Well, that was that was a big question, and, and there were loads of brokers who said, "Oh, we'll never do it online because I need to look into your eyes and and <laughs> and, and get that connection." And actually, again, what stuff like Zoom or Google Hangouts or Teams mm. has proved, actually, you can still get that connection mm. and the skill of the broker and showing that empathy and talking yeah. to a client is still the same. So you can still do that. Um, so it's not as... Okay. It, it, it might... Uh, You'd agree, Charlotte? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Even with a new client? Yeah, I think even yeah. with the new client. I mean, it's buying a property, getting a mortgage, it's a hand-holding process. Mm. And whether you are face-to-face with a client, whether you are, you know, on the phone, ultimately, you're advising that client. And, you know, I it was a huge change for me um, going from face-to-face to, to being remote. But it's, it, it is exactly the same process and you just sure. need to build that rapport in a different way. Um, and I so think... You've got to you be skilled do at doing that. And that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. But that is the broker's job. Yeah, it is point. putting the putting the client at ease, is uh showing that empathy with them, is understand making sure you understand their situation yeah. and what they want to do. That is the skill of, of the broker. I quite it's, often it's, say um, um in, in our in our job what we do is we quite often we have to be chameleons. You have to change. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um because you know the first time buyer that you speak to in the morning that's just started saving their deposit is a completely different conversation to what you'll have with somebody buying their third property who's a CEO of a company yeah. buying a property in London for you know five million. It's very different and you change and you adapt yeah. your advice and the way that you guide the client through that process dependent on that person and it's advice it's being a good advisor it's um it, it, i mean that's it makes it a fascinating role but because not only do you need to understand the markets and the money markets and all of the hundreds if not thousands of different products you've actually got to really understand each individual client and their own unique circumstance and their own pressures and strains and their own ambitions and fears and that's what it, that's what i love about the job yeah actually and and however whatever i do in my in my my roles in the industry I love still broking because as soon as you pick up the phone I don't know who's going to be on the other end <laughs> I don't know if it's a first time buyer yeah. on a lower salary I don't know if it's a million pound yeah. you know multi-million pound investor mm-hmm. and that's actually the joy of of the unknown yeah. and then being that social chameleon yeah. and mirroring that client and 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 actually knowing that you can help them in yeah. what wh- wherever they are on their journey yeah great stuff Great stuff. Can we just turn to um, a topic that I think lots of us are more conscious and, and aware of, and rightly so now, is mental health and well-being as brokers. Yeah. Do you see there is a, a greater kind of openness and willingness to talk about it amongst your 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 colleagues? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And again, I think that's something else that has probably you know excelled sort of since the global pandemic. I think there was a lot more awareness mm. of well-being during yeah. COVID nineteen. 
Um, you know, and for us, it is all about the staff getting the what right work life balance. It's all about you know enjoying where they work, having a nice place to come into to work. But also, if there's areas that we need to support them, how can we support them? Um, you know, we very much adapted our working day to ensure that people you know can relieve some stress. We you know we don't start until nine thirty in the morning, right. so people are not sat in really stressful traffic trying to get to the office for nine o'clock, panicking that they're going to be late. It's quite relaxed. We start at nine thirty. People can get up, drop the kids to school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can ride your horse, go for a run, whatever you want to do first thing in the morning. So that actually, when you start your working day at nine thirty, yeah. you're focused, you feel good, you've done what you need to do in the morning. And for us, that's really really important. We do quarterly outings with our staff. Mm-hmm. Um, we always like to feel that we're approachable to to be able to come and talk to us. Um, we're doing some I, sort of charity I, I guess hikes. They're, sorry, they're. <laughs> Their, their, their role is quantifiable. You can see if they're performing or not performing. Yes. And if they're performing, then let them get on with it. Absolutely. And they don't need to be in the office till 10. Yep. You know. Flexible, you know, flexibility. Monty, how, how do you deal with all of that? So it's something we've been talking about a lot. And uh, it's, it's one of my passions in terms of mental health. Um, right. And proud that Corico is one of the founder members of the Mortgage Industry Mental Health Charter. Okay. Tell, um, t- tell me more. That sounds which, um, uh, uh, so a guy called Jason Berry from, from Crystal uh, approached a, a few of us with this idea about mental health, obviously coming at the back of the pandemic, where, again, this is one of the positive changes of the pandemic, that people were starting to talk about their issues and actually feeling isolated at home and, yeah. and et cetera, especially from a male point of view. Um, we're crap at talking about our feelings and stuff like that aren't we no comment and and a few of us were very open about our own uh, battles and, and mental health issues I don't function well stuck in a a room by myself I need other people yeah. I get very down etc mm-hmm. um, uh, and actually it's it's something we started to talk about and thought actually we need a resource place where actually people can go and find information on mental health how to um, help their staff how to help themselves so it's the mortgage industry mental health charter that sounds absolutely brilliant and very right and topical yeah absolutely Uh, another of of the kind of i I guess if you like wider cultural shifts that we've seen is 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 a more of a focus on on diversity and inclusion and equality yeah Uh, and i think it's fair to say that some would say that the broken industry has had a bit of work to do in that department do do you think that's fair and and also but from both of you if i could just you know what 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 is happening or what is changing yeah so um so as a my role as chairman of the Association of Mortgage Intermediaries, one, one of the things we do um, regularly is, is we commission reports. And a couple of years ago, we, we thought actually one of the, the topics that we need to look at is diversity and equality mm-hmm. and, uh, and really open up that can of worms, which was quite a nerve-wracking thing to do, to actually look at yourselves in the mirror. Yeah. Um, and we commissioned a report that came out that showed us in, in quite graphic detail actually how as an industry we're failing we're failing women in the industry um especially in the way that how they're they're treated how we behave at events etc um so we set up that and and it was received unbelievably which it 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 was incredible how the industry received that report yeah um and we set up a uh 
a, a driving committee, a steering committee, and, uh, and, and several work streams around it, right. which involved brokers, mortgage lenders, anyone in the mm -hmm. uh, mortgage industry who came together to actually look at some of the issues. Great. So we're really starting to change things and drive momentum. And uh, we're now on to chapter two, where we've got mm -hmm. four more work streams and we're getting more people involved. Okay. Um, and it's something it's that's having stuff. a real, real positive effect. And so There was real cha changes happening out there in, in the broken mm. world. I must say as well, when I joined the industry back in 2008, I would walk into a room at a conference and I was probably the only female out of about 60 brokers. <laughs> and there was me walking in and, and it was a daunting prospect. Now, it's, I mean, I would still say it's a very male-dominated <clears throat> industry still, but we're up and coming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think our business is, you know, at Bates Wilcox, I think we're, we're quite uh, different um, in that actually we've got a slightly different shift. Um, I think we've got some work to do actually on recruitment <laughs> with men, if I'm honest. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, out of our, our 10, 10 members of, of, of staff, we've got one male. So <laughs> we've gone kind of the opposite way, but it, you know, it's just kind of, it's just happened that way, um, you know. But but for us again, no, I think you need to work harder on inclusion. But it's you know it is, and that's that was the industry, you know. And exactly as Monty's just said, yeah. you know, it is. You would go to these events, and actually, as a woman, you would feel quite vulnerable, just yeah. surrounded by very strong male characters. Yeah. And I do think that there's been a massive shift in that. Um, I think now, you know, there are a lot of really successful women in financial services, and yeah. they're now getting recognition mm. for yeah. what they're yeah. doing and you know i'm fully supportive of that obviously yeah. that, it's, <laughs> it's that incl inclusivity and equity that's really important it's about showing that actually everyone's voice is equal so actually if you're a middle-aged white man your your voice is is as equally as important mm. as a young black lady mm -hmm. it's really important that it's not just about men and women it's also mm -hmm. about ethnic diversity it's also about social mobility yeah there's a lot of really great work being done on social mobility and it's about showing that uh, so we have the uh, workinginmortgages.org website uh, which uh, again like the mental health one there's a lot of tools in there where people can come to um, and they can they can see things about how to recruit better uh, we're setting up a mentoring um, yeah. station as well so that that'll help but it's yeah. all about making sure that we showcase that actually this industry is an amazing industry mm. and everyone is welcome you don't mm -hmm. have to look and be a certain way it's obviously a changing industry and it's, it's changing for the better yeah. And I think as well for us, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, looking at obviously, you know, the, the equality, actually, it doesn't matter where you've come from. If you come into financial services with the right attitude, the yeah. right, you know, the right work ethic, wanting to learn, yeah. we can make a successful advisor out of you. Yeah. Um, you know, and Natalie, my business partner will not mind me saying this. Natalie comes from a retail background working with racehorses. She's now, you know, one of the top female advisors in the UK. So it doesn't matter where you've come from if you come to us we can give you kind of you know the right guidance and the training absolutely the yeah. training the coaching yeah. um you know there's Brilliant. obviously a huge regulatory process but again i'm passionate about bringing new blood into the market we should have a little discussion about social media shouldn't we try, <laughs> um, try as we might we can't avoid it absolutely um, um, is it changing the way that you do business or the way that you win business how how important would you both say that it is for yeah, brokers now it's, it's it's been a fundamental shift so so as i said earlier we we one of the earlier adopters and i was 
quite ridiculed for for it at first <laughs> blogging and, and doing twitter and stuff yeah. like that but um yeah it's it's been fantastic and actually the early adopters were actually the journalists and actually yes. uh in terms of the the media pr side that i do that was a massive tool for me sure. um to actually engage with journalists um and actually just get out your your culture and yeah. your ethos yeah. and actually social media is so important and nowadays actually there's a whole new um breed of clients whole new generation of clients that's how they're going to find you they're going to find you on twitter Charlotte, uh, would you agree TikTok, are you winning business yeah, from no, social media see, see you i'd say you don't necessarily win business through social media. I think with social media, it's more about, again, attracting people to entertain in a conversation with you. Where I see social media in financial services is actually as an educational piece. There is a huge, huge lack of knowledge about home ownership. And the first-time buyers of today there's not the guidance around what they need to do with their finances. How do they put themselves in the yeah. best position to get home ownership? Yes. There's not enough education there and they're not going to sit and read a leaflet that the bank gives them or their mortgage advisor gives them. They're going to sit and they're going to watch a video on okay. TikTok yeah. and that's where I see social media yeah. so it's working kind of awareness, for us. Awareness Absolutely. of your business. Yeah. Yeah. It's awareness of the business, it's education, it's... Yeah. Um, uh, again, it's 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 showing showcasing your brand yeah. and yeah. what you do, yeah. and actually utilizing things like TikTok videos and YouTube videos is is really popular. Monty, are you and on podcast? Can I well. look you up? On <laughs> I am on TikTok. I don't, I don't, although Corico is a bit better than, <laughs> than me personally. Um, now uh, just to, my daughter does all my TikTok. To wrap up, <laughs> if, if if I may, it's crystal ball time. Can I just ask you both for thirty seconds on on? What you feel might be coming down the pipeline um, the rest of this year, years ahead, any changes that brokers are going to be looking forward to? Yeah, so as I said, in terms of kind of brokerage changes, I don't think there's going to be a huge, huge shift to kind of, you know, advice and the way that we do that. I think, you know, yeah. that is the way, it, the way it is. It's just almost re-educating people to the new norm and adjusting to the new interest rates, which, you know, are typical average mortgage rates and it's just re-educating people these okay. are what the rates are gone are the days of one and two percent fi fixed rates monty anything from you on that topic things coming yeah, down the track the biggest thing is the, is the fca's consumer duty which is a fundamental shift in the way that things are uh, are being done from yeah. both mortgage lenders and brokers um and then also it's just around customers want to see their values reflected in the businesses they deal with so look at your diversity policy and yeah. green issues is a big one thank you both very very much really insightful really interesting very great thank you thank you that was charlotte bates of bates wilcox mortgage solutions and andrew montlake of corico the views expressed by external guests in this podcast are their opinions only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Barclays. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Insider. I'm Phil Spencer and this has been a Fresh Air production for Barclays. Please rate, review and follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. <laughs>